All right, everyone, welcome back to another session, a very special session of At My Age podcast. This is going to mark the ninth session in our series. This is going to be a two-part series because Trago, myself, Franny, and Bryson love to talk in general. So this one definitely is a little bit longer, and I want to keep them close to an hour, hour and uh, ten minutes each. So this one will be broken up into two parts. First one, which you're listening to now, and then part two, which will come shortly after this one. So it's not like we're waiting days in between. It's all going to be released at the same time. But... Not only is this special because it is a two-part, and not as only is it special because Trego hosted it, but it was really special to me as a host, but also to me as someone who was in the position of when I asked people to come on this podcast, I got what it felt to be a guest. And you'll hear about it shortly after this starts. I got nervous, and it was so funny because why the heck would I be nervous? Um, but not only after the nerves left and at the end of the podcast, I too felt, and the only way that I can explain it is lighter. Um, there's things that I talked about during this session that you all hear here that I've never spoken about to anyone, or if I have, it was to a therapist or maybe one person or certain things that I did, you know, growing up or what I went through growing up that for a lot of people can relate. You kind of want to compartmentalize it, not think about it. And as much as I will support that because I do that, it was also really nice just to get things out in the open, not only for myself to move on, but for myself to go back and rethink and ponder and just be in the world of Nick Torres as myself kind of reflecting about who I am today. So a super amazing podcast. It's like I said, a little bit long. So Intro going to be short and sweet. As always, please show your support by following us on Instagram at my age pod pod. Uh, we're definitely going to be making more content and being more active on there. And just like any podcast, word of mouth is definitely how this spreads. So if you're enjoying what you're watching or listening to, or you just want to support us and kind of grow this out, please give us a share, give us a like. Uh, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. We want to be able to keep making this um, project, uh, you know, help to anyone out there. And again, like I say, every pod, if you want to jump on or you're inspired to ask another question, I want to hear about it. This is definitely a community around this podcast. So without further ado, as kind of uh, weird as this is about to be, enjoy session number nine as me as the host or the guest. See, I'm already tripping over it. Me as the guest as uh, my best friends hosting it, Trago, thank you so much. Bryson, thank you so much. And of course, Ryan, thank you so much. Enjoy, everyone, and we'll talk on the other side. Grace, James, that Gracie, Gracie, Grace. James, 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 James. What's up, brother? We can't have them on the table. Product placement, remember? That's why, no I, that's why I do this. I turn it away. Is that, a valid, is that a valid thing to do? I don't know. Fuck it. It's only 100 people watching this and five people on YouTube, so we're all right. It's all good. How's that stand holding up over there? That's good. You know, See little this? guy, but just, just like me. You so. know how I work it. Hey, bud. 
Beautiful party people, how are we doing? I am so excited but so nervous to interview the great Nick Torres of our, um, you know, At My Age podcast, Kelton Place. There it is. How are you you doing? I'm doing fantastic, actually. This is so crazy. It's cool to be on the other side. I was uh, just upstairs and I was uh, going to the bathroom, TMI, a little pee-pee on the station. and uh, (laughs) Did you wipe it down? Oh, I definitely did. And I... Do you say or do you stand? I'm a stander. Okay. I'm a stander. Sometimes, you know, in the morning, if I got to sit, I'll sit, but I'm a stander. Nice. Okay. Do you you feel like more nervous as the interviewee? That's what I was trying to get at. Yes. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, why the hell do I have nerves? Usually I'm on the other side and I think I just power through the wall of being nervous. And so, but on this side, I can let those beautiful uh, nerves fly throughout my body on this one because I don't have to host this one. That's so interesting because I didn't feel any nerves when I was on here, but now interviewing you, Mm. I want to do right by the podcast. Oh, you will. So let's go around and talk about what we're most nervous about. (laughs) I I am most nervous about interviewing you and trying to be true to like what the podcast is and the essence of it and introducing the listener to you. But also not like alienating you, pissing off your family who we know listens to this, who's going to listen to it, but you're chill. Yeah, it's going to be great. This is a safe spot. It's a party pod. You ask whatever the hell you want. This is what we're doing today. Ultra vulnerability is what I'm going for. So dive deep, brother. Let's get it. I can't wait. Let's go. I love you. you I love you, man. Cheers, everyone. What a time to be alive. Cheers. 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 Okay, so before we get really into it, um, <laughs> can we switch up these lights to a static, or are they going yeah, off noise? Yeah, can we slow down the, the change yeah, the, rate? Yeah, the pulsing. No, it's at the bottom of the change rate. Let's just get on a static. Trago brought the lights today, and he just really wanted to show them off. These are all the colors that these lights could do. If you want to book them, you know where to go, baby. Come on now. Can you paint with all the colors of the wind? Um, <laughs> Did anyone watch that uh, uh, documentary about... Um, Bob Ross and Owen Wilson plays it. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know if it's out yet. I just watched a doc on Bob Ross. Uh, do you know he was an army vet and he did that show com- like basically for free and all that show was just pumping it back into like organizations and stuff? Isn't that crazy? And his family yeah. has not seen a dime And of that's that. where all the controversy of it comes from. Yeah. Right? Oh, is it controversial? Yeah, it's because whoever the owners of like the Bob Ross name are aren't his family. Right. So they profit off of all this Bob Ross memorabilia and the family gets like nothing from it. Low so key, when you go to Kohl's and you buy that, that yeah. shirt, why does Kohl's always have graphic tees? Like oh, you're like that in Target. Let kinda it ride. Kind of great. Okay with it. Corner mean, the market. We both know you don't shop at Kohl's anymore. So my wife hates Kohl's. Is, Every I time knew. we pass by, it, I'm like, you want to stop there? And she's like, please don't. I don't, get it. Uh, don't ever do that. But I. Um, it. I it's all about you, Nikki T. Bring so let's finish this first question before we get into it. What are you most nervous about as being on the other side of this? Um, now that I'm sitting here talking in front of a mic again, I'm not nervous at all. I really, I'm okay yeah, with it. Yeah, it's just those pre-show it's jitters. Those, it was absolutely. the same thing when I got interviewed. Right? It's like you go in, you don't really know what to expect. Totally. It's intense. Like you get it's so much better. in front of you. And now you're here. You're in the zone. Let's go. Let's go. Ask away, brother. You're the best. Trago's just and so Franny. upset that Fran there's no I just want to give a, lo- a little love to Franny, who's been our fearless producer since the jump. Yes, and I got producer to know Franny, Franny off and on, like, over the past couple of years. And, like, 
every time I see Franny, I have more appreciation for him. He's the dopest dude. So I feel like you're like a bonus friend. I'm like, I just leached <laughs> off of Nick and like I got a bonus friend. You know, they call me a, a locker room guy. You know? <laughs> Yay! Utility get the man. Good vibes, utility <laughs> behind the scenes, you know. Hell yeah. You need to get the pucks deep. I'll put them deep and God damn. let's go. Yeah, get I'll do the, the tough work. Deep. Every that hockey. Means nothing to I'll me. Get every, I appreciate it. I got, I got you for every hockey. Uh, He'll get it. Yeah, I like to cycle that shit ball now, too. We got you know a deep time to cycle. Real there ones, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've known Franny for coming up on 12 years now, right? I would say right when I was 15. So 14 years. It's insane. Desert Arroyo, right? Yeah, I went the to middle Desert, school. Yep, middle school Desert Arroyo. So that's where I knew who you were, but in high school, freshman is when we became friends. Yeah, because Franny and I didn't know each other until a buddy of mine, Phil Wiltfong, which is a crazy name. <laughs> uh, Phil, it's I was good. hanging out with him for a little bit, and Phil introduced me to you because he was a part of your guys' group. And yeah, I, me and Phil, he was my best friend in elementary school. The homie. And he started hanging out with Nick. And I, I got a little sour. I'm like, what, what's up with this guy? You know, <laughs> who's the new guy? Yeah, who's, who's the, new the guy? bonus friend over oh, here? No, I, I don't think I would consider myself a bonus friend at that point. And again, I think for the people who have listened to this, going into high school year was a very transformational year for me. Sure. I was going oh. out of an eighth grade, very overweight, relatively shy, not with a lot of friends, into out of eighth grade. That's how I was. And then going into freshman year, I met Franny and his group, and they were. The cool athlete kind of, there was a lot of soccer players, there was hockey, Phil was in, Phil and his crew were all into the soccer at high school. And so me being a, like, a very much non-sports person ever, I come into their group and I was the overweight kid, so I went on a no-carb diet. I'm talking not even eating ketchup, oh. no carbs whatsoever, living with my aunt who is a 56-year-old Italian woman. Which aunt? Aunt Barbara. Okay. Yeah, so. Do you during, know Aunt Barbara? Yeah, I know you all met her a few times. Have yeah, you not met her going. yet? Keep I, if she, I have, I don't remember. She's amazing. She's, she's my mom, basically. We, we met her at uh, uh, Casey and Jeff's wedding. Long, yeah. That Definitely. Was long time ago, yeah. That was all, all of a blur Sketchy for all of us. Sketchy COVID times. Uh, should, we t- uh, should we talk about we at can, one point or another? We can. Yeah, we'll but get there, secrets we'll get that there. were kept at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I met them, and I had to go on this, like, all right, we're getting out of it. Like, I'm not going to be that person anymore. And she would cook me pasta but I was eating steak only and like oh, vegetables wow. only. I would have them be buying, uh, buying me Atkins power shakes because that's all I could like have as a snack. And I lost maybe 50 pounds, 60 pounds. It was insane. And then he brought me into a bunch of parties. Dude, you, you went through a transformation. Gnarly and one. And uh, we'll, we'll clip this out. I got, co- I got a couple of pictures of you back in the day yeah. before and after, but Jesus. yeah, you really transformed yourself and you know how you kind of live life and you can talk more about those parties that oh my god yeah the first time that i was really introduced to his friend so phil introduced me to ryan and at that time i would say the year after that that's when i left Aunt barbara's house Mm -hmm. moved in with my mom so i was still kind of on my own just got my license doing all that that didn't work out so well so i moved in with my cousin and it was a great house first andrew's house no michael michael andrew michael's little Michael is the little brother of Andrew Leto. Copy. Yes. Um, first night I moved in, they weren't there. Who was previously married to Kathleen? Kathleen, yes. Okay. 
Um, like I need to break it. Like I love. We that. came in in the middle of the book. Totally. That's so, the whole purpose of this podcast is making sure that you understand who is the normal host behind the mic. Totally. Exactly. So let's break it down grandly. Yes. So um, at 16, my mom was dating a guy, and I moved in with him because I didn't want to be with my aunt Barbara because I was okay. 16 and they were strict. They actually found very strict no weed policy that was their one rule oh, and it follows oh. me all throughout high school but my one rule is don't smoke weed so i started smoking weed and it was in high school so you were buying swag like absolute <laughs> brick mexican like can't even break it up seeds and stems so i had a bag of seeds like under my pencil drawer in my top drawer and my uncle searched my drawer and he, all he found was seeds and they kicked me out and so i went to go live with my uncle mom uncle bob Bill, Bill. nailed it. Aunt Barbara Damn and Uncle it, Bill. Again. Yes, I got it. Uncle Bill, copy. Um, who yeah. are who you would consider these people to be your they, parents? Absolutely, Aunt Barbara and Uncle Bill are my parents for yeah. sure. Um, respect and respect to your mom yes. and respect. She to your understands dad. it, but they, I mean, like we we said on that podcast with her, it was just a crazy time to not have them, my mom and dad, and then with them, they really gave me stability going into high school and going into college. Mm. Um, so they kicked me out, moved in with my mom. That didn't end out so well. Mm -hmm. Ended up moving in with my cousin, Michael, who was married to Kathleen at the time. And about six months into that, they, because I, they technically weren't my guardians, Ryan's dad moved out of his house, or left for two weeks. And his, he was over on like a 92nd Street in Shea. Good little con, bigger condo. And oh, it was a house. House? Yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. bedroom, three bedroom house. It was nice. Yeah. It was kind of in a condominium like we're in now. Two but story and yeah. Every year he goes out, goes away for two weeks, Christmas time. Yeah. So and so I walk into Michael's house and I go, Hey, I'm gonna pack up and dip. And he's like, All right, do you wow. a sixteen and a half, seventeen, do two thousand dollars in my name. Um, not a job. I was doing dumb stuff, but about two grand to my name. And for two weeks straight, Franny and I threw parties. And I'm not talking like some parties, themed parties. For four days straight, right when I moved in, we completely vamped this house, brought everyone over, and it was a four-day binger. CEOs and executive hoes, people dressing up for four days straight. Monday rolls around, and we're all kind of like, we got to have to... Like the, like life has to continue. And so we get Monday through Friday, kind of dealing with life, buying groceries, the house is trashed run it back the next weekend and like the second weekend was a little bit lighter because everyone was like i can't believe we're doing this again but we were doing beer runs to get um 30 racks just absolutely how are you getting beer who was sourcing this i was <laughs> <laughs> so i would walk into fries and i would get a cart allegedly allegedly get a cart and i would fill that cart up with everything that was unable to be bagged so okay three or four thirties couple bags of big chips, um, just stuff that couldn't be bagged. And I would take the long route and I would get on my phone and act like I'm talking to someone with my wallet outside pushing the cart. And it just looked like I was checked out already. Are you kidding me? And I did it a lot, dude. Wow. I mean, just back to back nights. I, I started just being like, this is easy. Like, very nonchalant, like I was just doing a grocery run, and I we sourced a lot of that booze through doing he beer runs. He was a go-to guy for that. First things first, that's amazing. Yeah. You're not going to get any slack from me, but do you? Did you ever feel like a good or a bad? Is this bad thing? Um, 
I knew it was wrong, but at that time, under 18, I always just had the thought that whatever happens until 18, it's not going to really hurt me. Like, it's the dumb thing to think about, but they're not going to charge me as an adult, so the worst that they're going to do. And also, at that time, even now, they have a no-chase policy. So as soon as you break those doors, they're not chasing you because if you trip and fall, it's their fault. Okay. So all I needed to do was get out those first, you know, one or two doors. Throw and them I'm in the back of the truck. <laughs> ride in, leave the car right so out, and So you got... Sometimes it would... The Never. alarm would sound. Okay. Never. Around but what they, year was this, too? Going through the worst. Okay. This was high school, so 2009, 2010, because I graduated crazy. in 11. That's so crazy, because I would picture Arizona as the place to be like no rules barred chase you down give you the full pursuit to get it none back. whereas in colorado i would actually i was one of the few high schoolers who would actually buy my lunch and they would chase me out and be like we need the receipt they chased me to the bus stop so that's cool that's insane that, that's no, nice arizona that you didn't did. have that to worry about arizona was great so yeah so for those two weeks that was the first time me living on my own and then with franny with it, franny it was okay. during winter break for our school coffee so i was missing that part yeah, I was like, it was what during kind winter of break my, my dad always goes to florida to see his dad so i i would watch our house and when he got kicked out he happened to move in with me it, what's at the my story mom. there you got kicked out kicked I out i got kicked out no i got kicked out of aunt barbara's house and i moved in with my Copy. mom that ended badly Copy. i had to Copy. go with my cousin Copy. and then i walked out and then of leto, yeah with them then you yeah. left yeah you didn't yeah. get kicked out of leto's mm -hmm. and are Copy. you two the same age just breaking it down yes yeah, same grade same He's year older same year okay. but okay. uh so yeah. he technically moved in with me and my mom after up, the dad carefree but my dad just happened to go do, you know, leave. So he, he, that's when he moved in with me. So I, we stayed at my dad's house for two weeks and I had an open door policy with the ho with my hockey team, you know, like that's sick. it's winter break. I got the house. It was either mine or our buddy, Ed McGovern. His mm -hmm. dad was always Shouts. out of town. So Shouts. anytime the parents go out of town when you're in high school, Rangers. That's where you have the party. Absolutely. And it's the hockey team who are also very like attractive at that time, ripped. So they brought all the girls. And that was the first time where Franny truly threw me into like a how to spit game. Right. In a sense. Like Franny did teach me how to be that cool person in front of a crowd versus being the guy who might be like loud and obnoxious, but not in a cool way. Like a tryhard versus someone who is just effortlessly cool. Wow. And they used to call me. Because okay. everyone would ask, are you a part of the hockey team? So I had to say yes. And I was the dehydration specialist. <laughs> AK we called that the shop boy. <laughs> a, no, we called that the water boy, oh. the dehydration Fill specialist. Fill up the bottles. One day they did a uh, championship. because It was a state, state championship. The yeah. state championship in, in Arizona know, hockey. Let's go. And they won. The, the team won. Again, I have not ever skated, ever. And so the team won. I go into the locker room. I'm walking out with a bag and the trophy. We gave him the trophy to walk out with. <laughs> and a scout walks up to me and goes, hey, you did really good out there, bud. And here's my card. And I got a scout's card oh for walking God. out Legit of there. Scout, was... It was the same scout that got me to go out to Canada to play juniors. He walked up to Nick and was like, hey, good game. Here's my card. I'm like, Yeah. And so Dude. ever since then, Franny and I have been boys. I mean, I lived with his parents for a while. Fast forward like a year, year and a half. This was junior, senior year. We're living together, which is nuts at Cave Creek. Very fluent, um, affluent uh, yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. So we were kind of the oddballs. Like, Up in like Carefree. Carefree yeah. Cave Creek. And we would drive to school every day, come back, got into a lot of trouble. And at that time, I was doing allegedly doing. Yeah, we slept in the same room, two king, queen-size bed with a dresser in the middle. <laughs> Divider. Sneak people hey, in and out. With the table, with the uh, yeah. garage band. And it was great. And making music. And so fast band. forward in like a year and a half. 
no. There is no fast forward on this episode. <laughs> Full Joe Rogan. I Touché. will. I, there is no yes. rush. Um, we are getting through this whole story. Yeah. And continue. Yeah. So Franny and I lived in, throughout high school. I mean, we did a lot of parties. There's a famous, or not famous, but there's like a, um, remember the photographer we went to a party and for a while, Franny and I were rocking toothpicks. So we would always have toothpicks on. There was a party that they had dope camera angles and it was just in high school. We were the fuck, I know, but that's what high school was. Like we were just like inseparable for two years. I lived with them. I mean, what nuts. I strength in numbers. His, his mom now is called by everyone. Mama Joe. Okay, and I started that. I just he started calling Mama Joe her nickname. The grandkids yeah, call her Mama yeah. Joe. Like, whoa, it is a staple that's, in that's, the family. That's nuts. Mama Joe is that's how like, yeah, it was awesome. His, uh, he has two older sisters, so we would travel out to L.A. to see one of his older sisters, and we did yeah, a bunch of trips that out time there in high school. Like, yeah, we were we were, we were like brothers, you know. We lived Absolutely. together, um, and it's kind of two different worlds, you know. Like, because I grew up playing hockey and kind of living you know, with that, and then he had his his own lifestyle. And we became good friends freshman year. And when that whole happened, when you like wanted or needed a place to go, I'm like, Mama Joe was cool with Mama it. Mama Joe was cool with it. If you're cool with it, come stay with me, you know? What and is it, she like? Oh, well, my mom's, she's awesome. She, we were just talking to her. Yeah. She's the best. She, uh, she was married to my dad for 22 years and then they got a divorce and uh, she had to get back into the work life and, Whoa. and started working, you know, full time and, you know, there's ups and downs during that. And that was during when, when he was living with me, she was like, started working full time. Sure. So uh, she was gone a lot. And that's why. Gone you know. so much, man. She was gone. Like when we would wake up, she may be sleeping and we wouldn't be there. We had the old school desktop with those old school desktop speakers. 100%. And Franny used to bump the old school um, Little Wayne, the Carters, one, two, and three oh. all the time. And we got a big speaker system we had in one of the oh, rooms yeah. and. Dude, we were, yeah, it was insane. I mean, they brought me into their family. They, a nickname for me is Triple B. Uh, one of his sisters says that. That's how I'm known in the Francis family is Triple B. It stands for Big Bean Burrito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, the freshman year when they originally met me. Oh my gosh. Franny helped me get like keep my skinniness because out in the cave creek it was like a horse ranch it was a big property like you a the house for this property dude we used to do um get out um, mucking them stalls <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just because we're, we're so close i oh, love yeah. you that, is, that nickname yeah it sounds fucked up but uh, no that's so, what oh, i know on triple b uh what was sean t um what's the workout uh dvds back in the day insanity yeah we insanity. used to do insanity yeah. Yeah. I, did, I did that whole thing oh yeah, yeah so dude. we used to do that every time i used life. to do it on the ship oh yeah. my you god with Wait, it? people oh. actually ordered and did those things we got a bootleg yeah, yeah. we got bootleg i got a lime wire baby yeah so okay <laughs> so bringing that kind of closing the tie on that portion of my life like i said hey, if you no, don't drive this ship no, we're gonna I keep going no okay I you have any questions everything. take control this is this is the that we just stayed together for a while the port, the um, point that I said earlier about no weed in a house is gonna come back to haunt me. Oh, here we go. Mama Joe's one rule. This is a good one. Was do not bring weed in his house, and I was allegedly around a lot of weed at that time, a lot. And one day was the NBA finals. Franny and I go smoke a joint in the truck, and us being high schoolers, we're in a truck. We're not gonna smell. There's wind. Roll the windows down. We're fine. 
we roll in, we like start eating something, we start watching the game, and Mama Joe walks out and goes, it smells like fucking pot in here. Give me your keys, Ryan. So she searches his entire truck. I'm talking like an FBI. Things are pulled out, out of she his gym bag. She took my hockey bag. bag out, went through my hockey bag. Insane, right? And she didn't find anything, but she kicked me out on the, just on the premises, like this is kind of your last straw. And... Was All, it your last draw? For sure, yeah. Yeah. And the re up. yeah. Strike three. So my yeah. mom gives three strikes. She caught him twice for smoking. Yeah. She was oh, drug testing okay. me for a while. Like, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, she was serious about it. Serious. And what was it about weed that really triggered her? I think looking back at it, someone who's 15, 16, 17, 18 shouldn't be smoking as much weed as I was. Like I was Correct. getting really high. I was also doing other things, and that's a whole another journey. Then too, it, it, you know, it was illegal. Yeah, 100%. and it, it was Super. frowned upon. You know, it's a growing it's brain. Than it is like, now. It's valid. But I'm just curious. I will say, yes, I agree with everything that I should not be smoking weed. But I also have to give myself a little credit. The reason that I was around so much weed at that point, allegedly, is I was a hundred percent supporting me. And uh, at that age, I kind of had a job when I was living with Michael, but I didn't have a car, so it's hard to figure out that transportation back and forth because in Cave Creek, Ubers weren't around that time. Um, and so I had to make money. And so I made money. Mm. And so that's why I was around a lot of weed at that time. And how much money were you making? I was making a good amount. I was being dumb and spending it all. Like we right. would walk in and buy the biggest bong in the smoke shop for like 1200 bucks because we were done. But right. I see I, no issue with that. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, I was doing I was maintaining a full life. Like I wasn't paying rent, but I was paying everything else. And so at this time, you're a full-time student. We're, in high school. We're in this world. Yeah. Is there anything else that's going on? Yeah, what are we, like junior, senior year? It is like junior, senior. Yeah, so in Cave Creek, there was a big um, um, opioid epidemic. So I never got into heroin or anything, but this Percocets. This was like junior year. Yeah, Percocets yeah. were big. I never dealt them, but a lot of people took them. And yeah. so... There wasn't anything going on. I was just on my own, so I was just trying to figure out how to live, and I was partying a lot, and um, no one was checking in on me. Like, I mean, he knew where I was at times, but other than that, no, I was on my own, 100%. So one of the things that I want to get... So I know you through DJing, right? I recruited you and then taught you how to DJ and quickly superseded me and was just like an yeah, all-star straight from the jump. Seemed very natural that as soon as you stepped into it, you were an all-star, right? And one of the reasons that we talked about how you got so good so quickly was drumming. Mm. So were we drumming at this mm -mm. time? No, we'd, uh, I stopped drumming. I smoked some weed and I had got like a license. So I was drumming from 11 to 15 and a half, basically. And I jumped into... Can you walk me through that? Yeah, so I um, went to a doctor with my Aunt Barbara. The doctor, she was saying I was on the snare drum at school, middle school. I was the band nerd in middle school. Super heavyweight, transition glasses, bad news transition bears. Glasses? Yeah. So I was playing the drums, and my aunt goes, yeah, like he, he wants to get in the drum set because they bought me a drum set for Christmas. And the drum, uh, my doctor was like, you should go to this guy, Brett Fredrickson. And he was the original Megadeth drummer, some oh, redhead badass guy. And so he had four electric drum sets set up in his house on 32nd Street, and 35th Avenue in Greenway. And I would go drive from Cave Creek down there, which is probably like a 35 minute drive. I wasn't driving at that time. So my Aunt Barbara or Uncle Bill would drive me from Cave Creek all the way down for one hour, drive me all the way back up. And so I started doing that for a while. Then he was making so much money, $25 a pop, could fit five people in an hour, and was doing morning, afternoon, and nights. Like, 
clearing lots of money. And he's like, do you want to start helping me? And I just found the, I found out how to take a class, listen to everything he said, and then just regurgitate it the next class. And so he would teach me and we were doing sheet music. Like I was playing um, bossa novas, jazz. I was like, I'm, I was very, very advanced for that age. Cause all I did for three or four hours, Monday through Friday and four or five hours on Saturday was teach the same sheet of music over and over and over again. And this guy had books and books. And at the time I kept telling him, we should get this on the internet. This is big. And he just, we didn't know how to do it back then. But I was, I was teaching people who were leading ASU drumline. I was teaching 15 year olds. I was teaching 55 year olds and I would just jam. And I could listen to a song and play the entire song straight on a drum set. Like I was going insanely heavy in that. In four years? Like four or five years, yeah. I just, so, I dove straight into it. And it taught me um, consistency because after work or after school, I would go straight there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't even driving at the time. And my aunt and uncle were so supportive. And up until freshman year, I would, MIT Music Interest in, um, Institute was, that was the goal. Because he went there, I wanted to do all of it, and then I got a driver's license and started smoking weed and stopped. So I learned rhythm and I learned like very detailed polyrhythms, and I was using every part of my body. And he had this massive set in the back yeah, that oh had yeah. Megadeth, dude, insane You're not set. Fucking around. It was well, cool story about that. He was started Megadeth, went to L.A., got a demo, like Christmas year. He's like always been Christian. Christmas year, the main lead singer, Dave Mustaine, has allegedly how the story goes, got so messed up at the hotel they were staying at, he threw a Christmas tree out of the lobby window. And Brett was like, I'm over this. Like, I'm done. Left Megadeth, and then shortly after, they blew up. Whoa. Yeah, and he missed all of it. Like, he wrote all their first album, like, very into them. And every time they would come to town, he would get sick tickets and, like, talk to them. But he dove into, like, teaching lessons and he was the band instructor for Greenway High School for a really long time and he died like five years ago, six years ago when I was in California. No, Brutal death. It, wa it wasn't that long ago. It was more recently, right? It no, was, it, it was, was when I was in with, California. With Vox though. Yeah, I was with Vox. So what? So that was like four or five years ago. Three or four years ago. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Three or four years I ago. Was, totally. I was your friend when that happened. You're yeah. like, hey, like my, my drumming coach, whatever you called him, is, just passed yeah. away. And he was... And, I, I felt that weight on you. I was yeah. like, oh, he's really connected to this. He was a this, big, dude. big, big influence in my life for a really long time. Super cool guy. And taught me about politics. Taught me about... One day I was in a class with him and there was five people in there and he was saying something and I leaned over to the guy and I made a joke about the song and he snapped on me. And he's like, hey, I'm teaching a fucking class over here. And that was the first time that anyone kind of put me in line. Mm. And it was the first time where I actually went away from that and had to kind of collect myself. And I looked at him and I was like, you were right. Apologies, like no hard feelings. And he was so thankful. He taught me like, I wasn't mad at you, but in that moment in time, I'm the teacher. So you can't be doing that. And I wish I would have brought that in the rest of my life because I definitely was a delinquent for a while and didn't care about authority. But with him, I was over there all the time. My mom cleaned their house for a really long time. Yeah. Like I was a part of, I took his daughter on a date one time and I, I drove Kathleen's Cadillac and picked her up. And it was like this whole wow. thing, like there was this whole thing. And like my mom set it up, just, I was. 
that guy. You were intensely uh, connected to him from 11 to 15. Yeah. And then stayed in contact with him throughout? A little bit. I would take drum lessons here and there, but no, he... um, no, we just for a long he, time. How did both of you guys feel about walking away from drumming? He told me I was dumb. He knew it from the very beginning that I was smoking weed, and he was very adamant, like, dude, you're you're going to throw this all away, aren't you? And I was like, no, I would never. And it started dwindling down where I would you know, not want to work anymore. And I was getting like 100 bucks a night, like doing that a few times, like a you know, couple hundred bucks a week, not paying any rent, like a youngin, and where the hell did all that money go? But... <laughs> All under the table, cash, straight cash. It was awesome. It's amazing. And yeah, I don't know. We kind of fell out and I would go to see him back in the day and it was always just walking into another house. But he, uh, yeah, he died of um, cancer. He had stomach problems a lot. He had this <sighs> huge, he was um, a premature baby. He had like a magazine written about him, this whole thing, all like literally premature bodily outside of him. They stitched him back up. So he had this Whoa. massive scar here and I always had stomach problems. And then I think that's what killed him. So that like he was born with his organs outside, outside of, of him, yeah. abdominal, and had a twin that didn't survive it. This guy was redhead ginger. This Whoa. guy was insane, super skinny. He was a fucking badass. But yeah, He's that's dead. how I got into music. And I, I, I always loved music, but drumming gave me the ability to, um, I don't know, kind of find myself and be in that mode. But honestly, what's shitty about drums is if I sit on a drum set and someone's like, "Play me something," unless you're really fucking good. You're, it's gonna sound shitty because there's no melody, there's no guitar. Wow. You don't. Know. If I tell you I'm gonna play the Red Hot Chili Pepper song, and then it's just the drum set, everyone's like, okay. Or if like, you're like, imagine the white stripes. Yeah, And you're hitting all the symbols. It's not that fun. The crowd goes wild at this point. Yes. Okay. But if you're really good, you can jump on and shred a drum set. And I would like to say it was that good. Um, I could probably jump on for a little bit, but no, not that long. How long until you got your chops back? Like you, me four months, five months, four months, five yeah, months. for yeah, sure. Because yeah, yeah. now I listen to music like you were saying to like wrap this kind of bring that back. Um, when I got into DJing, melody and song progression and measures, all of that was kind of instilled in me. A hundred percent. Like understanding, you got that so quickly. Yeah, like understanding choruses and verses and being able to drop that in. That came normal to me. It was the MCing that was so nuts, but. Um, yeah, music was even to this day is everything. I feel like it's all because of that Brett Fredrickson guy. Yeah, he's insane. And, uh, garage band. Garage band. Yeah. So when out that time, Franny and I had an old school. What you know, um, Fred again? What he plays yeah. on those Mackays? Yes, I Franny do. Franny and I had an old school one, and that's what we used to make music on. It had eight oh eights on the it. The whole six four by four sixteen drum pad. We had always had that, and we would always just with make the key, with that MIDI keyboard. Yeah right into GarageBand, and we would just make, so, you know, our, our songs together. You still fuck around yeah. and find out. I still, oh, yeah. I see you, yeah. Piano is insane, it's yeah. huge, and that's what we bonded over, I feel. It's music, me and him, that's where we connected was yeah. music. No Very way. So. so that was gonna be one of my, real quick, I was gonna insert this. So we have a good understanding of who you are Meaning Franny. Yeah. But like before Franny, like, so you're this like chubby kid, like you drum, mm -hmm. like whatever. Um, before you meet the, you go on the no carb diet and you meet all the hockey players. Yep. Exactly. Taylor's old as time. Um, <laughs> but who were you before that? Like, why were you fat? Like, why? Like, uh, yeah, no, I lived. So good question. Uh, I, okay. So as we know with my mom for the first few years, I love it. First few years that I was living with my mom, I mean, I was just in uh, an Italian Mexican family. They fed me everything. Uh, no neck, Nick. That's why I was him. Nicky was, T with the big wee wee. That whole oh, thing. Oh, let's go. 
I was, I was very... Oh, my God, when I heard that. Insane. I was very chubby as a kid, but everyone thought I was okay. And so that... My mom very tells, bo- body positive, like loving. It's those are loving cultures. Yeah, absolutely. My mom tells me that, like when I first started to walk, they would just fill bottles up for me in a fridge downstairs, and I would just go down, grab the bottle, drink it, come back upstairs, and lay in bed with the bottle. Like I was just known to eat all the time, and everyone told me that was cool. Like you're with the family; they're supportive, like you said. And so before going in to live with Aunt Barbara, I was living in Pine Top with my mom and her boyfriend and my sister at the time, and. It was rough, like just a low part, you know. We'll get into all that. Yeah, bad yeah. point. And mom was working so much, he wasn't really there towards the end. So I was just eating like ice cream sandwiches for dinner, like four of them, or I would do um, like Doritos and hot sauce bags. You're parenting yourself. Literally, my sister was, you know, at that time doing early high school. So she was doing what I was doing in high school and out and about. So I would literally be home by myself at like eight, nine. At least that's how I remember it. Really? And so. When I moved in with Aunt Barbara, again, very positive, Italian woman, pasta, not a lot of veggies, just raw carbs. I kept ballooning up, like cereal, I would have cereal all day. Like, it just, no one was there. And my mom at that time was like trying to get clean and there was a big argument, just did a lot of stuff. And so at that time, there was no one like think that when you're at the rock bottom of a family situation, the last thing anyone's thinking of is make sure you eat your vegetables. You know, it's just... There's such a ripple in the family at that time. And so I was heavy, dude. I was definitely over 200 pounds before I was 12. Wow. Like big. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that portion like, but was. But that's big. It was big. I was big. And I don't know what, I don't know what kind of changed. Actually, I do. It was my cousin, Andrew, Andrew Marmo, the guy who was on the podcast. Yeah, shouts out. Is he a third or a fourth? He's a first. No, 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 no. Oh, session. First cousin. No, no, no. No, not cousin. He's like Andrew Marmo the fourth or the third. Oh, the third, or, the third, He's yeah. the third, but he's you said third. it was on the fourth and you were freaking out on the fourth episode. Uh, yeah, not to call out happened. my boy. Avid listener. Look at it happen. Avid listener, dude. Yeah. Shouts he, out. He was also pretty kind of thick. And then I think he went on a no-carb diet. I feel like someone was in the hospital. and Something happened where he was like, oh, this is what I did. So I just jumped into that and... Yeah, it was a gnarly transformation. It was intense because I was, it was, there was a lot of picking on in middle school. Middle school was just rough. But. Was this also, did this coincide with like puberty? I, that's what, I mean, maybe you had a growth spurt probably, but. Um, but like, you know how like if your body starts getting like a bunch of testosterone totally. and it's like, I'm going to go into this like objective and I'm going to work in this way and we're going to shred, shred this weight. Yeah, probably. I would say that's about the time I was doing. I was a late bloomer. So I would say like, Freshman year, that's probably when I had my growth spurt. Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't for Franny, if it wasn't for that notion of... Because, again, that was the moment in time where it brought me out of this nerd kid and showed me that you could be different. And I think that's... I just totally sunk into it. And I I very much sunk into that persona, and that's just who I was for a really long time. And it's who I am now, and I think it was always who I was supposed to be, but I had to fight to get there. Like, the person I am now is who I was in high school during those parties. Very personable, not a lot. I will attribute it to there was a point, allegedly, in time that I was doing some Xanax bars. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who haven't done Xanax, if you take a little bit of it, it's very much a muscle relaxer. But it made me, at parties, talk to girls that I would never talk to and have no care about if they were going to reject me. And I was just, had my crew around me and I knew that 
even if I wasn't pulling tail, which I don't think I really was back in the day, unless it was like the grenades. I had a lot of shrapnel Yay! back in the day. The grenades. Um, I didn't know the zannies were back then that you were doing that. Yeah, I mean, back then. yeah. Um, I know we're really stuck in high school here, but there was the last time I ever took a zanny. I was probably going through a six month period, seven month period, and they started getting to the point where I was taking like a half a bar or a full bar, and that just blacks you out. Mm. And the there was a point where I, I was trying or I was a part of this girl group that was kind of the jocks of the girl groups, but they were really popular. And so I got invited to one of their parties in an apartment of their father's. That was the apartments that are all glass and brass right north of Diego Pops in Old Town, where like Toca Madera is and over there. So I'm in this apartment. It's awesome having a blast. And I took too many Zanny bars and I woke up and I pissed myself. And I remember going... How old are you? 16, 17 at this point. Okay. And I remember just being so embarrassed. I get the... They dried my pants, and I just blacked out. I took the pants out of the dryer. I looked at the Zanny bars. I threw them all away. I walked out, and that was the last time I've ever touched a Zanny bar. It was just one of those, like... you got You you got to a point... You got to a point where you wanted to be with the crowd that you were, and you just fucked it up and ever since then those people like never wanted to hang out with me like of course i was the guy who pissed himself like i don't know it just wasn't they a really good held luck that against you or you didn't feel comfortable I enough didn't, to put yourself out there that, i think a mixture of both okay. i mean it was one of those like i view it as these people inviting me and in who was kind of on the teetering end of are we going to invite them to our group and they do I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. I didn't know that story. That's the second time you told me, but I didn't put it together. Yeah, (laughs) it was like Kelsey. Remember Michelle? Yeah, yeah. During that time, yeah, that it was just, yeah, it was a cool. It was a great moment in time for me to realize that I wasn't invincible, and I feel like at those times of round, especially before eighteen and shortly after, um, you feel invincible. Like you can just do it. You know, I'm young. I'm not even in twenty one yet. Like I'm gonna do whatever I want and. Um, I had a lot of those moments that brought me back to reality, like breaking my foot years later. And yes! yeah, I can't yeah. Wait to talk about this. yeah. So, okay, let, let's get oh out of high school. So we're out of high school. No, 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 no. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So we understand that we lived with, uh, Michael Leto. Yeah. Leto. Then I got to Franny's and then Franny's and yep. then mom Mama, Mama Joe kicked him out. Mama Joe kicked Wait, him can out. Can we go back real quick to where Let's our go. stash was when she was looking through? Oh the whole my truck. God. Okay, I'm this so sorry. Thing. Yeah. So after she searched the truck, thank you so much. The only reason that she didn't find anything is because we had this amazing, amazing hidden contraption. They sold at all these different smoke shops. It was a water bottle, Aquafina. And the top and the bottom where it shows the water outside of the label had actual water in it, right? But in the label, the top part of the water bottle, you unscrewed and you put all your stash in the label. So she picked it up and like looked at it, threw it out to the side, thought it was a full water bottle. Wasn't open. You can't open it. It's inside the label. They had Arizona iced teas, bless you, that you could screw off the top. And there was that was a full empty compartment. They had all these cool ways of like disguising your stash, and she was so mad because she found I think joint wrappers in the she glove compartment. Find it. She grabbed she the aquafina bottles, like looking under it, like <laughs> I know you guys have it. Where is it? Put yeah. the bottle back down, and I'm just dying laughing. Yeah. Years later, we were able to laugh yeah, about I told, it, I, and I told her about it, yeah. and she smacked me upside the head. Yeah, yeah. but she's yeah, not, she smokes now, so it's like yeah. yeah. yeah but Which, again, back then, dude, we were kids I, as a parent, like absolutely. growing brain, like you, there's so much more to be out there. Totally. 
We could totally. get more into that, but yeah. Mama Joe. Mama Joe. Mama Joe, shout out, out to you. Hey, tough love sometime, but you got to stay strong. And yeah. then we're back, and you're on the street. You're begging for money. You're sucking dick. <laughs> what is going on? Um, that was a time where, yeah, that I was graduating that year, and I was allegedly around a lot of pot, so I was couch surfing for a while. Sure. I would go to like a friend's house, and when his parents would come through... Cause he was high school friends or people through high the school industry? friends. No, no. So, um, did a lot of back and forth on couches. And then I ended up living with aunt Barbara for a while, uh, just like six months before I went to college. And cool. then I went to NAU funny story. The guy, how who, did she let you back in? She, I had, I had nowhere to go. Took some time. Yeah. Nowhere to go. Crazy. Um, tangent about aunt Barbara. She's always been the person who had brought people in. So when I moved out of her house, the person behind me was a year under and he wasn't in a good situation. So he actually moved into my bedroom Wow! and was living with her for two years and also got kicked out of for weed, which is hilarious. <laughs> but Aunt Barbara was just awesome like that. Just brought me back in and I went to college. Um, tying into college. Is she the matriarch of the family? Totally. Okay. She's the highest. Okay. Um, I go to college and before I went to college, my alleged person who was giving me a, a lot of you know weed yeah. um, was this older gentleman, a tech guy living over um, on like Scottsdale in the 101. Nice spot, but I would roll in. He was probably like 42, 43. And he was giving me a lot, a, um, a lot. And him and I, he always said, don't ever give me to someone else. I only trust you. And for years, that was my guy. When I went to NAU, I passed it on to my partner. And about six months into NAU, I get a call from that original guy. And it's from jail. And there's a lawyer. And he's like, hey, Torres. And I was like, I was playing a video game in my dorm. And I was like, who is this? And he goes, it's so-and-so. And I go, what's going on? He goes, your buddy got popped and snitched on me. And I'm calling you to let you know. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I'm going away for a very long time. Whoa. And I remember shutting off the video game and I set up and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, that's not how it was supposed to go down. And he's like, yep, I'll talk to you later. And he hung up. And that was the last time I ever heard of him. It was insane. Have you ever? Like, I couldn't even tell you guy? his name, to be honest with you. I okay. couldn't even, I could not even know. But he was like a well-off working in tech, had a badass apartment. But he had walk in, he would go into his spare room, had a closet and Lots. A lot, man. Like him getting popped was a very intense amount. And that was, yeah, it was a pretty wild story. But then uh, the reason I bring that up is I went to NAU and I got out of the game. I told everyone, I was like, I'm done. Um, there was a point where it's. But why? Because I didn't want to do it anymore. Life. Yeah, okay. it was NAU. It was too much. It was so risky in NAU. It's a college town. So if yeah. you think you're going to come up and take down whoever's the big guy up there, you're dumb. Okay. And it was just not a smart move. Oh, and so I, we're deep. We're yeah. not just moving stuff on the street. No, Got yeah, it. it was it was a lot. That's how I survived for three years, three and a half years. But it was okay, insane. so that that's a great piece, though. I mean, like, you're so in it, like intuitive. Like you, there is no wall that you will meet without going around or blasting through or figuring it out. And do you think like that ultimately started when you were emancipated? Um, it. It started the first, it actually didn't start too early on. I think when I was still living with Franny, it was, um, especially during those first two weeks, it was still fun and play. Like it was a winter break. When I moved into with, into his house with his mom, it was one of those things where I laid down at night and be like, I cannot believe I'm here. Like I'm really on my own. And then after I got kicked out of her house, there was a few times where like I was going up into the wire to find a place to spot, like uh, to sleep. It was wow. pretty in like, it was one of those, like you would, um, 
when the sun would set, you get a weird feeling in your body, like, all right, where am I going tonight? It was pretty wild. And I didn't, I had the too much pride to call Aunt Barbara and say, hey, I need a spot. So I would just couch surfing for a long time. And yeah, there was, like, I didn't have a car, so I would walk in Cave Creek. It's miles to houses. So you'd walk in, like, the desert and... Yeah, it was wild. I had to just kind of make it work. I never slept on the street. I always had a place to stay, but it was to the point where I burnt so many bridges that it was almost a burden to call someone and be like, hey, I need to crash. What's crazy too is, tell me if I'm wrong, but during this whole time, like his schooling, he was up he, like he was up to par on schooling, passing all classes. He was taking college classes right. in yeah. high school. He already had a semester done of college while in high school. So it was a... It was a weird thing of like, I was getting, a smart kid, but he's just putting himself into this predicament yeah. to where it kind of makes you how you are now of like, you know, you're a hustler, like you're very good business mind hmm. and all that. It was just a, what you went through during, you had to go through that then totally. to become who you are now. Yeah. I mean, oh I, I made smoking pot into a business. Like I, that's what I thought of it was. I saw point where I could survive on the money that I was making and I did it to the utmost that I could and that's just how I drifted into that scenario and it was and I think it showed me that I was able to make money no matter what and it's funny that I'm saying this out loud because I feel like my mom went through that for a really long time yeah. like she just did but it was always that mentality of this is like if I didn't have money in the bank account I wasn't eating and I wasn't like I couldn't call my parents. I couldn't, I had to pay a phone bill. I had to do stuff. I couldn't call my parents to get money. I had never asked anyone for money. And it was just one of those things where you just had to kind of do what you had to do. And it all worked out in the end, but it was just, uh, it was a crazy time. You, you were on your own Very in much high so. school. Like, I put myself there. I definitely did. Like Aunt Barbara kicked me out. Yes. But after the way that it ended with my mom and her boyfriend was really bad. That was probably... When I think, like, I go through so, therapy and stuff, the moment that I left my mom's house was probably one of the deepest moments in my life. Like, I, I love you, mom. I'm gonna get deep real quick. She, her and her boyfriend, love you. We love her you. and her boyfriend got into a really bad fight, and he left up in Pine Top. No, this was down. This was in high school. Okay, this copy. is after I got kicked Sorry. out of Aunt Barbara. You're good. They always would get into fights. I got into a couple fights with him. He was just a real dick. Treated my mom like an absolute asshole. And she was going through a lot of stuff too at that time. And she was just bad and he left. And I basically had enough. And I was packing my stuff and my mom was looking at me like begging me like, don't go, we'll figure it out. And it was just such a raw moment between a son and a mom. And I had to just tell myself like, no mom, I have to leave. I ha like, and. It's a crazy experience, and I always look back at it like that was a really gnarly time. And that's just from my point of view. I can't even imagine from her point of view. But to look at your mom at such a low spot and then have to be a 17-year-old telling her, like, I am done with this. Like, I'm out. So I left her there. I took the car that he was paying for up to Aunt Barbara's daughter's house in Cave Carefree. And then he came and picked it up, and I slashed all on the inside. Like, I just ruined it. And that was the last I ever saw that guy. But it was just a moment in time where you have to kind of like, after that, it was a moment like I can't depend on anybody because wow. I'm the only person that could put food in the table, you know? And at that such a young age, it just made me realize that you, 
unfortunately at the end of the day and which is definitely a commitment issues that bring into this now but it was like i have to just make sure that i'm on my own from here on out and that made a very hard ego wall for me to be able to say like i'll never ask anyone for help right even my mom for 10 years all she needed to do was ask for help and she never did and i guess i didn't realize that but i inherited that from her and i think a lot of my other family members too but it was just uh you're thrown to the wolves i didn't have a car i had to figure out where i needed to go i also was very much addicted to weed at the time so anyone who told me i couldn't smoke weed was like no well i'll just go figure out another place where i could do it again i liked getting high but it was my main source of fucking income like i had to make sure that i had a steady source of income and unfortunately i didn't couldn't get a job and i worked at chick-fil-a for a little bit but my pleasure too. yeah there you go Yay! hell yeah we would definitely make sense that we worked at Chick-fil-A. Jesse did too. It was her Unbelievable. First job, my wife. Yeah. Um, so high school into college, I, I was out. I don't want to hijack this conversation. Johnny, you got anything? We're into college now. Do you want to ask anything about that? I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to just throw it on you, but I just feel like I'm just No, keep and it going. And another thing. And another thing. <laughs> so I want to hear from you. No, I think I'm you're enjoying uh, it. I'm enjoying hearing this because this is all stuff that I've never known about you. Totally. Right. I've always seen the Nick Torres who is just knows how to talk to everybody, knows how to get things done. I remember one of my first memories and something that I always really, really looked up to you about was that first time um, when the three of us road trip to California together Hell yeah. and we got into the warehouse at Vox and um, Casey Campbell walked up and he was like, looking over the edge and he was like, is that Nick Torres? And you're like, Oh, <laughs> and, um, I do remember that fucking Casey Campbell. And thank you. Yeah, dude. Like you just have this, this effect on people where like you're anyone's best friend from the moment you get to know them. Like, you know how to talk to people, you know how to, how to get in and, and further yourself while making people feel better about themselves along the way too. Thank you. Um, so it's cool to like, it's cool to see these struggles that you've gone through um, at such an early age and to see how like you really took them and grew from them and like became a, a really cool person out of it. Um, and it's especially interesting, like, you know, our, our stories line up in some ways, not in other ways, but the ways that they do line up, it's, it's really cool to see like the different ways we approached it. And I'll be honest, like, I feel like you were able to grow, a lot more as a person than I was through your struggles. Yeah, I'm going through all of that. I, I also was very much involved with people or around people who were always way older than me. So like Brett Fredrickson, years older than, decades older than me, or when I was with my mom and her friends, or even Aunt Barbara, she was 60 years old. You know, like I was always with a lot older people. And something that was a positive, but also kind of mind fucked me for a really long time was, and you've said this before and you kind of alluded to it, but it was always like the when that's why I don't talk about, you know, my first 16, 17 years of my life. Cause everyone's like, well, you always, you could have just went down the other path or you really made it out, bud. And you know, and I get that from a point of view. I am very thankful that everything happened, how it happened, because going into the actual workforce after college, even I would say around 24, I always walked into those rooms with other people and was able to break down a barrier when I was so young and they didn't realize how young I was. And so I felt that, and it's so, I said this earlier, but during those times in high school when I was doing stupid drugs, it made me, it unlocked something in my brain to allow me to think that I can do what you just said, which is walking into a room and being confident. And it's wild to 
kind of let people into the other side of things because it was not very fun for it was fun but it was rocky for a really long time and we didn't touch on before pine top but I like know. even when i was younger as i alluded to my mom i don't remember the good years of my parents life like i only really? remember them as like fights in the garage and just like my older brother screwing up and my dad screwing up and again it all worked out for how it works out today i have great relationships with them now but it was like I, my my functional like beginning of my memory was pretty brutal and so do you mind if i hijack this real quick all right so one of the things that i wanted to establish was a family tree let's get it so we're only going to go back to um I guess your grandma's. Cool. Like, so grandma. Yeah, that's the main one. Grandma on your mom's side. Yep. Uh, what was her name? Caroline. Caroline. Caroline had five kids. Okay. First one being Aunt Barbara. Second being Aunt Chris. Okay. Third. Yeah, see. Ooh, Third being, I think my Uncle Jay. Okay. And then Uncle Bill. Not Bill. married to Aunt Barbara. Be cool. That's Uncle Bill. Other one. <laughs> and then my mom. And what's her name again? Diana. And there's an 18-year difference between Aunt Barbara and my mom. So there's a very large discrepancy. And Barbara's married to Bill. Yep. Who we love. We, we love, love, both of them. love them. Shouts yeah. out. Yeah. I've heard aunt, uh, your Aunt Chris. Yep. How Mar old is she? What is she like? She's a hippie at heart. I oh, want to get her on. Yeah. Like her and she married a guy named Vito Leto. Which that's yes. Michael and who moved back to the East Coast. Yes. Oh no, they were from East Coast and moved over here. That's Ashley who was on a session. She's the youngest daughter of Aunt Chris. We'll get to that. Yeah. Then Michael and okay. Aunt and, okay. and Andrew. Uh, and then is Chris married to anybody? Not anymore. But she okay. was married to Vito. Okay. And then Jay uh, has one daughter. One daughter. Michonne. Where Where are they? That's a whole yeah. She's in the she's a beautiful woman. She's a beautiful family. Just hitting rock, hitting some bumps in the road right now. Oh, yeah. But in a great way. Like she's a beautiful mother. Has a beautiful husband. But one yeah. Just yeah. Teenagers are shitheads. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> As we all were. Uh, but yeah. So Jay Is and Michonne. I don't even want to start. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Not even a little. Um. Bit. And then we've got Bill. Bill has but not Uncle Bill. Not Uncle Bill. Uncle what Bill. What do you call him? Like, but 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 Bill. No. Like the second Bill one. Nye. Yeah. Bill. Uncle Bill Bizig Nano. That's my mom's maiden name. Is okay. Bizig Nano. So Uncle Bill is Bill Bizig Nano. Irish without you know, uh, Italian, but Italian. I like that. Whatever. We are technically some Irish too. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there Italian. it is. Yeah. So he has um, two. He has two kids. And who are they? Amanda and Jake. Shout out to Amanda. She just got engaged. To a, another Andrew. Tell me you're at Italian without being Italian. Right. <laughs> um, and so do they, where are they? Great. Live right around the corner from us. Amazing really? kids. Yeah. I grew up, those, those were also my brother and sisters in a whole different way. Like, yeah, I grew up, I grew up with them too. How old are they? A few years younger than me. Close to me. Younger than you? Yeah. Interesting. Because yeah. your mom had kids young. You were the last of the kids, but yes. she had them young. Exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. And then your mom who had, had two kids. Well, we had Three, we had uh, little Junior. What's his oh, name? Uh, <laughs> little Roger. <laughs> little so that was Roger. his. That was my dad's kid from his first marriage. Your half brother. My half brother. Yeah. Okay. Then so that's, there's little Roger, and I'm writing this down yeah, for the listeners. Vanessa, because and me. So Wild wow. thing is, my dad also had another kid with his first marriage, so he has two kids. Then my sister and me, and then one more who passed away a few years ago, younger than me, who's my half brother. Yes. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Um, who is the other one other than Lil Roger on the older side? That's uh, Vanessa. No, no, no. Yeah. So he didn't have. Oh, so he had a younger one. Yes. And the young, can I ask the Ashley? Other one's name? Yeah, I'm just not close to her. She's fine. I'm just not close to her. Ashley and she passed. No, she's still alive. Who's the Dylan's the little brother who died. He's in my cabinet right now. Every time I take my medicine, I props on knowing the family tree, man. Oh, like, that's just you asked me that with me. That's just the immediate family. We didn't go too deep into that, but yeah, yeah that's it. We just it. went on. That's, we just yeah. went on mom's side. Oh, my um, dad's side's the end. Yeah, whole another story. But okay, yeah. so okay, so yeah, we're we, gonna go from this. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, like on the first, uh, how long? What were the first parts of your life that your parents were together? I guess they were the party house. I don't remember all the good times, right. though. That's what Ashley was saying, that she grew up with my sister and my older brother at this place called Charleston. That's the house that we lived in. I don't remember any of that. I don't remember any good times from that point of view. I only remember the bad times when like they were div getting divorced. Rough and, times. And so the times that they were... Like and I, I and what's your dad's name? Roger. Roger. Shout yeah, out I want to hear about oh, Pops, I get it now. Yeah, big Roger, little I Roger. I see what you did there. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you lived with little Roger and Vanessa. Yep. For the first eight years, how long was this? No, first four. Four. Yeah, because then they got divorced at that time. Dad. So and you don't remember anything. your mom and Roger being good? No, I don't. I love you both. Just letting them know that, but 100%. no, I don't know. I don't remember any of that. Okay. No, I don't remember any. I remember the unfortunately the bad times, like us moving out, them getting divorced. Yeah. Like these stories about like, oh, Nick's gonna like grab a bottle from the fridge and then go back upstairs. That was before. You don't remember this. No. no. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why when I was talking with my mom, it was cool to get to hear it before I was born, leading up to that time, because it made me allow me to see that she was a person before the bad times. Right. But my memory only started. At the bad times. Right, 100%. And then, so, um, then they get divorced when you're four. Yep. Okay. Um, and, like, do you, like, stay with mom, stay yeah. with dad? Like, what's mom, that like? Dad dipped. Dad left. Dad dipped. Yeah, completely. Can I know, like, a one-line sentence of why he they He just made divorced? bad choices. Great. Got into bad... Um, to be honest with you, now knowing him, which is really cool, leading up to the part that he was bad at, or that he got bad, he was the moneymaker of our family. Right, I know. Paying the rent. construction company. Yeah, or, or landscaping pallets, or something. Yeah, pallet company. He was Sorry. the guy, like, doing really good. And I, from what I understand, I can't wait to have him on. He listens to every single one. Let's so go, baby. Pops is We're your chance bad. to come on. Come on, Roger. Um, go on. He said yes too many times. And the palate started to do good. And it's like a domino effect from what I know. He, you know, some bad choices became bigger. And yeah, the family kind of fell after that. And I went with my mom. And that's, that's when we went to Pine Top like a year after. And then that's, we were up there for like a year and a half. And then we went back down. So maybe I was a little bit older, maybe five. So then, I with so, Barbara, question, like seven, so eight. like, does little Roger go off and live with somebody else? Yeah, he was me at my high school year. So down when they were getting divorced, he was 14, 15, or 16, doing whatever the hell he wanted. And so he left. 12 and I, years in between you guys. Yes, large. And so unfortunately, I did the same thing, but ended up coming back and not going down the bad path. He went deep into the really? bad path. I never touched anything worse than pills. I did some Percocets, <laughs> but I never did anything than that. Unfortunately, he went deep into the thing. Really? Ashley kind of alluded to that. Yeah. Like, that's where the family went. Yeah. Bad, bad. Like, heavy, heavy drugs. And so he, unfortunately, I saw him four or five months ago, but 
he went back out. He was clean for a little bit, but stealing, still fighting the big battle. So we don't talk at all. I'm not really comfortable around like active drug users just because I've seen it so many times and it just triggers me really heavy. So really? yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't do that. What? What? what yeah. Sorry. What age were you when you and your dad reconnected and um, got back into you know the father son relationship? Yeah. I know knowing you growing up, I didn't hear about your dad for. Most of the time, Most, through high yeah. school, and I remember, you know, late after that, you totally. reconnected with them, and you, you you started a new relationship. Yeah. Um. So I also was a product of um AA and NA. I was a whatever they call it, like a family member. So I would go to meetings a lot. Um. I was Island on. Yeah, I was very involved in that because both my mom and dad were very much into the drug world. And so when they would try to get clean, they would go stay at Crossroads. They would try to do things, and I would go see them. And so a plus and a minus was my dad stayed completely out of my life until he kept trying to get clean. It took him a couple of times, but then he got clean. And when he was clean, I would go see him. We'd go to meetings. But then I always felt at that time, both with my mom and my dad, it was a be happy in the moment because it can never, it won't last forever. Like. Wow. It was always, I'm so happy hanging out with you now, but I'm assuming that the shoe will drop eventually. It took them both multiple, multiple times sure. to get clean. And so I would say around 22, because I was living back here with Kai, and I met my dad at um, Sandbar, which is like a lunch bar spot. And I sat him down. That was the first time I looked at him, and I just said, hey, like, this must have been yeah, anywhere between 21 and 24, I'd say. I looked at my dad, and I was just like, so what happened? Because, again, I don't remember any of that. Everyone sugarcoated it with my mom and dad. And I just looked at them and I said, as man to man, I just need to know what Let's happened. Get to the point. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't hold it over your head. I want to have a relationship with you, but I feel that there's a wall and I just want to break through it. And you're obviously, he's a straight and narrow now. He's doing really good. And at that time, he just laid it all out and kind of was like the, what I said earlier. I just took on too many crosses and I wanted to be completely out of your life until I was ready to be in your life. Wow. Where my mom, because I'm a mama's boy, I always was wanting to get back to her. So it was a little bit more bait and switch, bait and switch, bait and switch. Um, so yeah, that was the time. And then ever since then, my dad has been on the straight and narrow and he's, I talked to him multiple times a week. I'm very close with my dad, especially, I will say, death is pretty gnarly. Yeah. And I think for my dad and like for anyone, when death happens, it kind of sometimes or should check you a little bit of like, all right, what am I doing here? And I'm speaking for my dad, but from my point of view, after my little brother dying of drugs, he is way more committed to having a consistent relationship. Calls me on the regular. We see him all the time. He's been over here numerous of times. And so it was a while until then. And so, I mean, I've only been really close to my dad for the past like six to eight years. I mean... I guess a little bit longer than that, like nine, 10 years, but only until real recently have we become like more than just acquaintances or friends. Like I can truly consider him as my dad. We talk about things, he listens, he responds. It's really cool to have that, but it took a really long time for that to figure out. And I gotta say, I was pretty fucked up with it for a while. Like I was, I was calling radio stations in high school, asking them to find my parents. I remember that oh one day. God. Yeah, like going online. And I remember the radio station that I listen to now because I know my mom listened to it back in the day. I was just like not even puberty kid and talking to this probably 22-year-old operator on 98 KUPD. Like, hey, like 
haven't talked to my parents in a while. Can you maybe just put out a PSA that I'm looking for? And my name is Nick Torres. And I, I don't think it ever happened, but that was kind of, for years, it was always that kind of, I remember in middle school looking at someone, and I was the latchkey kid in Boy Meets World and all that <laughs> stupid shit, you know? So like the quintessential dad doing all that stuff. And I remember looking at someone and saying, I don't think I'll ever have that. Like, I don't think I'll ever, and this was young, like before Pine Top. I remember looking at someone saying like, I don't think I'll ever have that like relationship with my dad. And I don't know what the hell that other person, fucking seven, four or five year old told me, but I just, it was instilled in me early on that he was just not gonna be in my life for what ended up being 16 years. Yeah, no, I've, I've never met your dad. No way. I don't think I've ever met I think you met him at arenas. No, for my, th my birthday a year or two ago? Maybe. That's nuts. If you haven't, before you leave, you got to meet my dad. My dad, now knowing my father, I not only look like my dad, but I am my dad. Like, my dad is also the person who walks into a room, completely takes it over, very fun, like, can break a, anyone who, if they're shy, they can break them to, like, talk to me for a really long time. And what's nuts in the past few years, which is why I really like starting this podcast, is the more that I know my mom and the more that I know my dad, it allows me to see that I am a byproduct of my parents. For 24 years of my life, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't realize where my smile and my teeth came from. I didn't realize, like, I don't know, talking about a family tree, I don't know my Mexican side at all. Like, really? I, I mean, I know who they are and I love them, but it was, it kind of comes down to the scenario where I was going through such a deep time and they were also going through a really deep time, so we weren't, having that connection but my sister because she's older than me was able to connect with them a lot more and so i just never i don't know that like i don't know them enough to like call them and say what's up no way and it was they went through there and that entire tree went through a really rough time for a while that's was that also drugs yeah really yeah yeah even to Is this, this day some C cave creek shit no because my parents never grew up in cave creek no i was so, like, what what do you think their affinity is for drugs? The whole um, fucking family. Not not pointing anybody out. No, Why I are we doing drugs? I don't know. I think it is a product of your environment. I think um, maybe during that time it was a lot more rampant to do, like, meth and stuff. I don't know. But, I mean, to be frank, I think if we took one or two more doors left and right, we would have dropped into heroin. I mean, multiple... In, in where we were from, you went from weed to drink and weed and drinking to smoking Percocets. Like off smoking tin. Smoking Percocets. Yeah. Off tinfoil with a little tutor, like in your mouth. Like that was, that's what we were doing. And the people who stopped there were, have seemed to be okay unless they got hooked on the pills. One level above that's heroin. And so that was how our, our high school career was like, if you're going to go down that path, you're going into heroin. And we Whoa. never, it's all, it's all lifestyle too. Totally. You know, like totally. You're Nick, you're probably the, you're the only person I know of what you went through when, what you went through, you know, like I have other friends that have been through a lot with parents, divorce, uh, physical abuse with them and, and all that, but n not to the point where, what you did, you like, you weren't abandoned at all. You had places to go and all that, but you were totally. on your own. Yeah. During high school, like on your own, like yeah, like you know, you live with Aunt Barbara, Uncle Bill, with me for a little bit, but you didn't have the parent support. 
with your mom, with your dad. And that's yeah. on, that's being on your own. Yeah. You know, like you have, a, you have other family you can live with there. All right. You can, you can stay here. But Nick, he was on his own. And yeah, of course, when we're kids, you know, in high school, we're going to get into shit. Like, yeah, that's what you do. All right. Part one down. Not a long outro. Want to go ahead and make sure that you're going to go straight into podcast number uh, nine, part two. So go ahead and jump right on over there. The rest of the session will be uploaded and ready for you to listen to. Hope everyone enjoyed and enjoy part two. Thank you.